0: so kylan you know why this show hasn't been sponsored yet uh why not because in the 2022 economy you know you just have to mint your podcast as an nft and then you're gonna make it to the moon or so i hear i haven't tried it yet but
1: hey you'll never have to work another day in your life <laughs> <laughs> i think you're onto to something
0: can you think of a better opening like that's that's the best opening i could come up with i i just don't know
1: no i like that that's good yeah
0: okay I, I'm all about the, those crypto jokes in 2022. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> things so far. No, but this is the 2022, 2021 Carve Out Show. It's Carve Outs for 2021, but we're recording in 2022. So let's jump into what are Carve Outs? This is an idea that I lifted from Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal's podcast, Acquired. Big hit. It's awesome. It's all about corporate acquisitions and the history of companies and things. It's really, really great. But at the end of every episode, they include one or two things that they've caught in the media, whether it be books that they've read or uh, stuff they listen to or apps they're using, like different things like that. And so uh, instead of doing that at the end of every episode, we just sum it up here at the end of the year with one show or the beginning of the next year. So here we are. Um, so, Kylan, thank you for joining me for this. Do you want to go first?
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, first thing on my list is a couple albums. Uh, the first one is called Monument, and the artist or the group is called Portico Quartet.
0: It sounds like there should be like a, a maestro in in there. Like with, I'm just picturing the delicate little like little stick that's being waved around at the. Orchestra. <laughs> is that what this is?
1: Absolutely, all the men have. They all have handlebar mustaches.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so is it actually like classical or what is this?
1: You know, I guess some parts of it you could pop you could probably define some parts of it as classical. It's kind of a electronic meets jazz. Ooh. It's probably yeah. Yeah, that's probably how I would how I would describe it. You know, on the scale of uh low key to upbeat type of music, it's more it's more low key, you know. It's not going to it's not necessarily going to hype you up, but I I enjoyed it because it's sort of from beginning to end it's like it's It's one whole deal you just gotta listen to it you know all together. I don't know it's it's rare to find for me to find an album where it's like I listened to the whole thing and it's like wow, a, I enjoyed every song on that, and b it was like a journey through the whole record.
0: It's so rare to find like a, a whole album that you're totally happy with, like you said, it's a journey
1: yeah rare to rare to find something like that and I think and sometimes it, too it it depends like how much I like an album it it could just depend on where I'm at when I first listen to it and like what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh So I think I just happened to be like out driving one day and listening to this and it was just, you know, fit the mood driving along.
0: There are some songs like that. Like there are some songs that just don't make any sense or they're totally not like what you would normally listen to, but because you have like feelings attached to where you were or, the situation under which you heard the song, then it's like, it's not about the music anymore. It's about the feelings that are tied in with that
1: music. Exactly. And isn't that so weird how you ever have it where, like, like, you hear a song, even a song you haven't heard in a long time, you hear it and instantly you can remember where you were and what you were doing the first time you heard it.
0: There's something connected to the human brain that likes just that sense that, like, totally teleports you back.
1: Pretty cool. One of those skills.
0: Great way to start it. I think I originally had a lot more musical carve-outs and I'm like, man, how am I going to do this on a podcast? (laughs) And so I started throwing things out. And so my first carve-out today is uh, The Knowledge Project. Did an episode, it's like a video podcast about semiconductors. I cannot stop talking about this. (laughs) It was the most Hmm. interesting part of my year. I think technically this came out in 2020, maybe 2019, something like that. But it just detailed how unbelievably complex semiconductor production is. And um, it's just so interesting. Like there's only one company that makes this machine in Germany. And then that has to be flown into Taiwan. But then it's like uh, it can fill like 20 airplanes or something. It's like so complicated. Um, There was just this one bit that I thought was really interesting about how they make these computer chips so small that it's like at an atomic level. And they pulled this quote that I really liked. Because the to like laser in the, uh, I, I don't even know what you call it, the the lines you see on chips. That's so lame, yeah. but I can't think of a, a better word for it. Yep. To do that, it requires extreme ultraviolet light. And this is a quote from Brenton Johns in that show. He said, to create extreme ultraviolet light, you need to drop molten tin and hit it with a laser. You need to perfectly pulse those, right? So the molten tin is coming down. You hit it at the exact point of time when the laser that explodes it is in a plasma, which creates extreme ultraviolet light. Now, that sounds hard, right? It's in a vacuum, so it's not too hard. But then you think, okay, well, how often do I need to do that to create a bright enough source to then reflect off a bunch of different mirrors and finally go down on the chip? Well, it turns out the number is about 50,000 times a second. And it has to oh be exact, goodness. precise every time. This is mind-blowingly hard. It's just like, man, like you wow. you're just imagining how to do that. It makes something like landing a man on the moon it just seem so easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just crazy. I have so many questions. Uh, I'll need to do some research after this because I've heard of a semiconductor, but uh-huh. no uh-huh. idea what it is or what it does
0: it's one of the logical components on a computer chip. Uh, okay. and so like the electricity pulses through it and that kind of results in like a zero or a one. If i understand that right. That's that's uh, from everything yeah. i've watched and that's what it seems
1: like. Very interesting.
0: But yeah, and so these c- conductors have gotten to be so small that it's like how many atoms apart <laughs> and without transmitting electricity the wrong way. Wow. It's unbelievable that's nuts <laughs> yeah it was just so entertaining to listen to you know they're explaining all about the production cycle and what's required to make this happen it's just like oh yeah we need computers in our everyday lives so there's got to be some stable process for this right no
1: <laughs> no so you said that wasn't an, an audio podcast
0: it's like a video podcast like some podcasts are, are audio just like this one but some of them do have like it's like a zoom call or a, a skype call or something
1: oh I gotcha
0: but one one thing they were interesting, and I'm not going to spend forever talking about this, but the, because uh, <laughs> I already have in a lot of other places, <laughs> the one thing they mentioned on the show that I thought was really interesting was because Taiwan has so many difficult politics around it between America and China. One of the questions the interviewer asked the uh, industry experts was, why why can't America take like... A huge pile of money and just throw it at this project and say, okay, we'd like to have the same thing domestic to America. Why, why can't we just do that? And it's because it requires such fine technology, such fine craftsmanship, such individual people to make this happen. It's just unbelievably complex. It's just like one of those things that money cannot buy. It's like, wow, this is just unbelievable. It's so cool.
1: Does any of that have anything to do with the the whole shortage of chips for auto manufacturers? Or is that, a, is that a totally different deal?
0: No, that's a good question. Because semiconductor production happens on such a long time scale, it's sort of like it reminds me of the whole yeast crisis, how at the start of the pandemic, everybody was baking and then there <laughs> wasn't real good yeast for like another year. <laughs> it's still kind of constrained. It's just like one of those things. Just like it takes time to grow something, the cycle for booting up how many semiconductors into production takes such a long time and it's so hard that it just gets backlogged when there's a huge increase in, in semiconductor usage.
1: Sure. Well, I will definitely check that out. I'm curious <laughs> to learn more about that. Yeah, none
0: of this is homework. It's just, you know, this is just just interesting. It's just fun.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. What's your number two? Number two. uh let's see here. Why don't we go with uh, an article I just stumbled upon one day. The article was called, kind of a long-winded title here, but (laughs) The World's Largest and Possibly Oldest Living Organism Resides in Utah. It was by this, I think it's called the Deseret News. It was a pretty short piece. It was just super interesting. It's explaining how there is this grove of aspen trees in Utah. That uh-huh. it says it's about forty-seven thousand aspen trees, and the interesting thing—it's spread out over one hundred and six acres. The interesting thing is that technically, all forty-seven thousand of those trees are clones of one original tree. So technically, it—the entire grove is one single organism.
0: Why do they call it clones instead of just calling it one giant organism? Or, or is that the point? Like, it is one, one giant organism, but, like, yeah. because they're all genetically the same, that's why it's cloned. Is that right? Exactly. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like, they, you know, it can be classified as one organism because they're all clones. So, you know, it's, you know, what started as one tree and uh, the root system underneath started, you know, little sprouts popped up from that original root system. And that has just exponentially grown. So, you know you could trace everything back to that one tree, so everything in that grove is genetically identical all forty seven thousand trees are genetically identical, so and and they're all interconnected, so it can be considered one one living organism.
0: This gets a little tricky i'd I'd have to talk to somebody who actually worked on this because I feel like clones means that it's two separate organisms, but um. To have like the same tree reach out underground and then pop out on another end, it feels like that video game portal. When you put one arm through the the portal, then you're not mm-hmm. a clone of yourself. You're just yourself in two places.
1: True. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> Here I am <laughs> reaching for video game metaphors for yeah, that's how trees work.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, a lot of similarities there, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool though. I've never heard about like a tree actually reaching out underground. I, I just picture roots as going down, and anchoring into the ground for, you know, when tornadoes come or something. But that's really interesting that it, it can pop out on another side of the ground and grow up into a whole forest.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on, so it depends on the tree and it depends on the, on the soil. You know, if it has a, it could be it's in an area where there's a, you know, real rocky bed not too far underneath the ground that the roots can't grow that far down? I'm not sure. I'd have to do more research on it, but...
0: Yeah, but that's interesting. I, I'm excited to read more about that because maybe that does answer all my questions in the article and I just have to actually dig in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it's been a, been a little while since I've read it, but cool stuff.
0: Cool. So my number two is a YouTube channel called Seek Adventure and it is so much fun just to watch i I found this through a video about budget camping of all things but it's one guy running the show and sometimes he'll have like special guests who are doing some sort of adventure with him around australia and he was explaining the video here's the tent you should get here's uh the basic supplies you should have with this number of dollars all these things he's just running through but he's so ridiculously excited uh about the whole thing and he's using like bad dad puns in it and like all sorts of things he's so excited it it just brought a smile to my face to watch these these (laughs) episodes that i think he's like only making videos once every sometimes now it's it's very rare that a new episode comes out but the backlog is is really fantastic highly recommend
1: there you go go for the, the camping insights stay for the dad jokes (laughs)
0: exactly it's like some of the things it's like "Mm," he's like oh you you should buy this uh this food that you can heat up in boiling water and i'm looking at him like "Mm, i think uh i think i could come up with something a little bit sharper than that but it's uh because i'm looking at it it's like it looks like um like dog food in a a bag or something no no it's okay i'll i'll bring a box of pasta
1: yeah what's your number three kylan uh, number three here, let's see. Let's go to another uh, subtopic. product, iPad Mini. I got, I got the iPad Mini this year. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it a whole lot. They already advertise enough, <laughs> so I don't need to do any more advertising for them.
0: Well, there's been some bad press about the iPad Mini. What do you think?
1: You know, as of late, 70% of me loves it. 30% of me dislikes it. All of that 30% is the battery life.
0: Okay, that makes sense, in that package.
1: It's like, okay, yeah, I get it, and it works as advertised. I think if you if you look it up, they claim that it'll get around 10 to 12 hours of screen on time.
0: Which is normal for an iPad.
1: Right, pretty normal. I just felt like I had just the, the plain Jane 10-inch iPad before this, and I could use it a couple days at least without having to plug it in. And <laughs> okay, and this thing it's like for sure every day has to be plugged in at yeah. some point and so i don't know not a huge deal recently i just i changed my setting to have it auto sleep after five minutes before i had had it set to to never sleep because mm-hmm. it drives me drives me nuts when i'm doing something <laughs> it's just <laughs> constantly falling asleep it's like I'll, I'll turn it off when i want but anyways not to get too long-winded on that but
0: no, but for, like, the battery thing, I, I wonder if this is an expectations game. Like, if <laughs> your phone it's so small and the battery is so small and everything is so well optimized, we kind of know, okay, we're going to let our phone sip on the battery whenever we can and then definitely charge it overnight, otherwise you'll regret it. And I wonder if what you're seeing is, okay, you're, the iPad mini still has a small battery, but you're used to, for an iPad, not having to charge it every day. Do you think that's it? Like, it's an expectations game? Or... Is it actually just rough in the smaller size?
1: You know, I'd like to say 50-50. I, I, I will admit, yeah, part of it is is the expectation. Because there's that assumption that when you're stepping up from the plain iPad to this iPad mini, which costs more, uh-huh. okay, and this might not make any sense at all. There's that assumption <laughs> that, hey, it should be better in every way. <laughs> uh-huh. So there's the thinking, okay, well, this iPad lasts me two days. And then I'll charge it overnight. And this thing, you know, if it's on 100% in the morning, by the end of the day, it's down to at least 10% or lower. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's a little, I feel like it's a little lackluster, but it's nothing that breaks the bank in the end. It's, it's what I wanted as far as size goes. This is the, the perfect size. I like the new screen looks great. I like the touch ID. Yeah, it works great.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting data point because there's been such strong controversy about the iPad mini that some people absolutely love it. Some people can't stand it. So this is a good data point. Like it's a good product, but just keep an eye on the battery.
1: Absolutely. That's what I would say.
0: Okay. My next one is auto sleep, uh, which is an app that is for the iPhone, but there's also a watch app. And that's the thing I'm focusing on with this. I have started using the smart alarm feature in auto sleep, and it is fantastic. So we know about these apps that are supposed to wake you within X number of minutes of your wake up window. And it's like when you're in a, I don't know what a good word for this is, but like a weaker sleep state where it's easier to wake you up. You're not like dreaming and it's going to freak out your body to wake up with a loud blurring sound. It'll like look to see if you can possibly wake up earlier at a better time for your body and if not then it'll still go off at a certain time um i suspect that sometimes i sleep on my wrist or something and like Hmm. or it's like underneath the pillow or something like that because i don't always wake up with this one and so i still need my backup but when this does work then it really is fantastic it feels like oh I, i really did sleep better last night so that's a little feature. It's not, I think it's a $5 app or an $8 app or something like that. It's really not bad. But that's just been a really cool feature that I've really loved this year.
1: Sounds pretty handy dandy. <laughs>
0: so you've got the dad puns too. Okay, take it away, Kylan.
1: All right. So on the topic of YouTube channels, I found this channel, uh, but it's called Bonsai Relief.
0: Bonsai is a plant, right?
1: Yes. Uh I forget. What technically the definition of a bonsai tree is, but typically a tree that is obviously it's miniature and, you know, you put it in a little pot and what I can't remember is if you have specific kinds of trees or if it's just a tree that from its seedling stage is stunted. Hmm. I, I can't remember which of those it is.
0: So is it more like a bush that looks like a tree?
1: No, they they are trees. It's like, you know, you could have, say, a a red maple, uh, a typical red maple. It's a medium-sized, decent-sized tree. And then you could have this bonsai red maple that looks exactly the same, but just literally like it's been shrunk and fits in this pot. So,
0: Hmm. How big is the pot? Is it like a normal houseplant pot? Or is this like one of those pots that you see, like, in a downtown area or something that's like you could reach across with both arms and still not reach the
1: other side. So it just depends as far as I understand, it's up to you, you know, as, as the tree grows, you can control how big it gets. Cause that, I believe that's part of it, it is stunting the growth of the tree as it grows. And some are inherently smaller. Some are larger.
0: What's the YouTube channel about then?
1: Basically it's just this, this guy, I think there are only like two or three videos on the channel. this guy just takes a it's been a while since i watched them but he he goes and just picks up this bonsai plant that generally i think they're just kind of they just haven't been taken care of and he like nurses it back to health and then shapes it to be like a really really good looking bonsai and he shows you the whole process and i don't think he talks at all i think it's just like peaceful music <laughs> through the whole thing that's awesome so it's like you know you wake up in the middle of the night you can't sleep watch one of those it's kind of relaxing
0: that's exactly what i'm thinking of as use case for this is like like something that just crashed to
1: just wind down yeah
0: nice uh my next one is for super nerds who want to clean their computer it's called keyboard clean tool all one word This is an app that I didn't know I needed because I've been, you know, especially with the pandemic, we're all a little bit more uh, conscious of germs. So one of the things I've been trying to work on is cleaning my devices more regularly and, um, This is an app that I was like, oh, you know, blocking keyboard input when I'm cleaning my Mac, that's not necessary. I can just be very, very careful. And no, I cannot, because then I'm like voluming up and voluming down and playing pausing media and, oh, I can't see the screen anymore because I've been going over the function row, like all those different things. But you want to clean the keyboard. And so this app is really helpful. You just click to turn it on and it just takes over from there. For some reason, like it still allows caps lock to engage and disengage, that's the one thing that I wish it was able to block, but I don't think apps can actually control that. But otherwise, it's totally free. It's just fantastic. Worth a shot, I'd say. That sounds pretty handy. I conclude my nerdery.
1: <laughs> I can totally imagine you, I can totally imagine the first time you went to, you know, clean your keyboard and just, oh, just getting so frustrated.
0: I'm opening random documents on my computer. It's like, oh, you know, this is normal. This is exactly how you're cleaning. No, it can be easier. It can be easier
1: there you go a simple solution do you have next one yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Like okay i don't know i don't know where this is going how
1: about these smooth transitions huh uh-huh all about it well on a completely different topic here i've got a book <laughs> that i <laughs> a book that i for sure finished in 2021 i can't remember if i started this in 2020 finished in 21 but either way the book is called crucible of terror <laughs> soon to be a movie (laughs) it is a true story told by the person who lived it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that's an that's a biography
1: biography or autobiography
0: the way i i think i remember autobiography versus biography is auto is written about you now we got to check uh define autobiography an
1: account of a person's life written by that person
0: Yep, so I was exactly wrong. So, (laughs) autobiography. It's an autobiography. (laughs) Well, I've been wrong since elementary school.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, you'll you'll remember it from now on. So, uh, yeah, it's an autobiography by Max Liebster. And the most basic way to describe it is, as it says on the cover, it is a story of survival through the Nazi storm. Ooh. It is fascinating. It's very sad. And yet, in the end, uh, it's hopeful. It's uplifting, and it's not—it's not too thick a book, you know. I think it's around maybe a, a little over a hundred pages. Of course, that's on an ebook form.
0: A big ebook or a small ebook? Oh, iPad Mini, iPad Mini.
1: You know, now that I look at it on my mini, I see it's two hundred and ten pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: huh. Okay. Variable I page sizing. Might have read it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So. How many pages in print, not sure, but yeah, it, it, it didn't really take that long. Although I will say it was, typically I would read maybe a chapter or two chapters, and then I just needed to put it down and take a break. It's a lot of, some of it gets pretty heavy.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't shy away from just describing what he went through.
0: World War Two, a little heavy. Exactly.
1: But just fascinating to see see what he went through, what he saw, his experience. So yeah, I highly recommend that
0: um, going in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call out a product that I got this year. One small little toy that is fantastic is a safety razor. I got the Merkur MK34C double edge razor with heavy duty short handle. This is awesome. I have loved using this thing. It has like knurling up on the handle, so it's easy to grip even though it's metal. Um, even with wet hands and everything, you're totally fine. I used to use like a razor with like five blades on it or three blades on it or something crazy like that. And while that was convenient, and I still go back to that when it's like, okay, I have five minutes to get ready and I don't have time <laughs> to whip together a shaving soap. I'll still use that. But the safety razor is awesome for getting a really close shave. And it's just fun. It's definitely part of my Sunday morning routine, just because it's it's so much fun. I, I think I need to play more with shaving soaps because I think that the cheap one I got for a couple bucks is um, not of the highest quality let's just say and it leaves me with a little razor burn so I I think I need to play with that some more but as far as the safety razor itself goes 10 out of 10 it's awesome. Sounds pretty relaxing.
1: What is the, I have one question I'm curious what what's the material? What's, What's it made out of? Is it stainless steel or? I
0: think it's stainless steel
1: yeah. Sweet.
0: But it's not expensive it's like 40 bucks so it's like Exactly in the toy range, where it's like, okay, this is a little. This isn't like uh, buying a cool app on the app store, but at the same time, it's one of those things that just lasts for like ten or fifteen years. It's awesome.
1: That's true. Yeah, you're not gonna wear it out. So, did you, prior to buying it, were you settled on? All right, here's how I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna shave, or were you like, all right, uh, I hope this works. I just want to try it. See, <laughs> see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I I know that. With the I don't even know what you call the razor I used before. Is it an unsafe razor? A (laughs) the one with like three or
1: five blades? Typically, you just call them disposables. I I don't know.
0: See, that's fantastic. We use disposable blades for this too. But yeah, let's let's just roll with that for now. Disposable razor blade razor. I kept getting cut, and I I was doing some reading, and they were saying, oh, you know, you might be able to. Reduce that by using a single blade instead of three or five blades hitting you at different angles on your face. (laughs) Um, Faces don't like that, and so (laughs) I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll try something else." And I'm getting cut a lot less, but sometimes my face is really, really red, and I need to to fix
1: that. Yeah, that that is no fun.
0: Well, pros and cons because it's it's a lot more fun to do it, but then it's like, "Oh man, I need I need a good moisturizer (laughs) for my face after this because I just took off like." A whole layer of my face.
1: It's funny. I kind of had the same experience in reverse, where it's like (laughs) I I used a safety razor for a double-edged safety razor for a little while, and uh, maybe I was just using it wrong, but I was always cutting myself. Mm. Of course, I think what I was running into is I was using it when I was in a time crunch and I was trying to go too quick, Mm. and I would end up, you know, just Uh just one wrong move, you know, and you you go vertically or horizontally across your face. And obviously it's going to cut you. It's going to nick you every time. And I just, that kept happening to me. I just got so frustrated. And I switched to the, however many blades there are in this razor I'm using and <laughs> don't have as much of an issue.
0: Yeah. You definitely got to do what's right for your face. Otherwise that's not going to work.
1: So I'm curious, what have you found some kind of uh face moisturizer that, that seems to help with the razor? Blade?
0: Um, Good question. Kind of, sort of, sort of, maybe. I've been using the one that I've I've had with the disposable razor as well, the um, Harry's post-shave balm. Fantastic. Best thing ever. I, I just suspect that there's some chemical in this like $2 shaving soap that I've been using right now that's just aggravating my face. And it seems like you can buy different kinds of shaving soap that use different kinds of ingredients that aren't harsh chemicals and (laughs) that'll that'll be Uh, easier on the face and that that might just be it
1: maybe something on on natural maybe that's the the way to go
0: yeah so i'm just looking for a couple more accessories to that but overall i really enjoy enjoy wet shaving there's a, a youtube channel that i really recommend for this called nick shaves and he reviews all sorts of different shaving products including different safety razors and different I guess different razors in general, and different soaps, and has different like explanations of why he's doing what he's doing, and that's just been really helpful for knowing how to get a, a good clean shave and what makes a good shave with a safety razor. Besides just getting <laughs> getting hair off your face, and that's just been a, a relaxing, fun thing, sort of like uh, watching somebody take care of a tree.
1: There you go. Do you get some some close up audio of the? <laughs>
0: uh huh. Uh huh. Short strokes. Short strokes is what I'm learning.
1: Well, I'm curious would you ever have you ever tried straight razor shaving or or do you have any interest in trying that
0: that that looks like the next level that looks like uh something that I'd need to own a cabin in the woods to try but we'll see I might, I might try that <laughs> another point uh, how about you
1: you know I don't think it's for me I I'm too worried that I would like seriously mess up my face
0: <laughs> you're picturing like Thoreau's brother or something who cut himself shaving and died from tetanus or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: Precisely. Yeah. Plus along the lines you were saying, yeah. I don't I don't have any flannels around here, so <laughs> uh uh-huh. I probably don't qualify.
0: No, different strokes for different folks. It's just, you know, you try different things and see what works for your face and for what you feel comfortable with and roll with that.
1: Precisely. I agree.
0: Do you have any other carve outs or should we move into special mentions?
1: Prior to one special mention, there was another album. It's called The Future. That's not classical. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's anti-classical. It's it's, it's the opposite of all classical music. Uh, This album is by Nathaniel Rateliff and The Night Sweats. Not sure how how they came up with that band name.
0: In the middle of the night, clearly.
1: Somebody forgot they were tasked with coming up with a band name. Yeah, arrived <laughs> late. Arrived late to the board meeting. <laughs> how to describe their music? I think uh, they've got a. I think they've got a few albums out now, and they they differ slightly, but it's kind of folk rock. Maybe I don't know if that's how you describe it or not. So I just thought this album was just a lot of fun. Kind of one of those deals. I think in this case, guys, just cleaning my house put this album on because I've listened to their music in the past and just saw, Oh, Hey, I didn't see they had a new album. Listen to it. And yeah, same deal. Like I liked every song on the album. It's it's more of a, more of an upbeat type of good. uh,
0: You struck gold twice this year, like in every (laughs) song on an album.
1: Of course I'd have to, you know, I, I say that now and sometimes a little bit of a caveat to that sometimes, you know, a couple months, few years down the road, I listened to it again and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I didn't like every song on that. Or maybe <laughs> I I remove some of the songs that I'm like, I don't know why I like that. Uh-huh. Just that little side note.
0: Well it doesn't take you back <laughs> to the moment you were cleaning your house.
1: The moment I was bent over the toilet.
0: And that's the moment you want to cherish for all the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any special mentions we can move on to?
1: Uh special mentions this is another article, and it is the CNN Comedy Wildlife Awards 2021. Mm. It was just uh, an article. It was just pictures, you know. I guess that's my kind of article. It's just pictures. No reporting. <laughs> I just see the pictures, and I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll look at it. Like that. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's an Instagram carousel, I'll watch it. The first image that comes to mind is this image of this pigeon. just like It's like... On the sidewalk or on a bench, and there is just like, is it a newspaper? Something that just like flew in it, in its face, and the bird is just standing there doing nothing about it.
0: I love it. It's just like, oh, the the Red Sox won this week, you know. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's good. Uh, good lighthearted fun.
0: Nice. Well, my special mentions. I just have three to run through really quick. The first one is uh, music. (laughs) It's Vlad. uh, How do you say this? Uh, Vlad Glushenko. He does some of the music that I think is included in Seek Adventures videos. Um, But songs like Overseas just make me feel good. They're easy to listen to. It's just nice. My second special mention is Mascras en el Viento by City of the Sun. City of the Sun is an amazing band, and I love almost all of their music. It is uh, rock. That is that almost has like a um, uh, I'm not going to try to describe music on this show. It's a rock band <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fantastic. It's easy to listen to. It's just in my ambient music playlist. And third special mention, also very awesome, was an inside interview. The publication is called Wallpaper, but with an asterisk at the end that I don't understand how to pronounce mm-hmm. Wallpaper asterisk. Got an internal interview with Apple's design team, which Nerd of Nerd, me, so excited. And some of the pictures in here are just so much fun. Didn't really learn a whole lot from the actual interview itself, but there was this picture I really, really loved about a design meeting talking about the Apple Watch and some of the bands. And it was just cool to see how they work and what the design space looks like because this is one of the most influential design teams in the world. And so it was just really cool to see how they work at like a picnic table, pretty much. It's it's really, really cool.
1: Huh? They actually work at a picnic table?
0: It it looks like a picnic table. They've got, yeah, like a a large surface out in front of them and these long bench seats. It's It just was cool. Very cool.
1: Yeah, it sounds interesting.
0: Cool. That wraps us up. So thank you for coming on the show, Kylan, and for your participation here. Sure thing. Kylan, do you mind closing out the show?
1: Three, two, one. Seek Seek Adventure!